Salutations! <laughs> and welcome to the 66th episode oh. of the In The House podcast. The official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. Hello, I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am pleased as pecan pie to be here wow. tonight because I have my partner back. Uh, it's gonna. It's been a long two weeks. I had yeah. two two really great performances from my relief pitchers. They were okay. Uh, Andy Oost, thanks so much again. David O'Connell stepping in. Uh, they were great, but it is always good to be reunited. And so uh, I am thrilled that tonight, after a win, we get to uh, spend a little bit of time with, you know, that familiar pair of socks. Yeah. That, uh, that, yeah. That, 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 comfy, that comfy feeling. I'm glad I'm coming back on a win. Back in the warm Man. glow of Andy's uh, snake pit. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. I'm going to welcome my partner back. He is coming to you tonight live from a Chrysler LeBaron <laughs> in Montpelier, Vermont. Andy Frederick, ladies and gentlemen. Andy, welcome Thank back, you. man. Yeah. You doing good? Yeah, I'm good, man. The Chrysler LeBaron is not doing great. <laughs> no? It only got me to Montpelier, Vermont. <laughs> Where are you trying to get? Just wherever. <laughs> wherever the road wherever takes you. Wherever the road takes me. Uh, well, I think that inquiring minds all want to know. You've mm-hmm. taken two weeks off from the show as you I got did. into self-imposed hibernation. I did. Uh, you went into seclusion. You were studying in yes. you know the the pits of hell. Uh, you have been <laughs> drinking copious amounts of booze uh, while trying to retain information about COVID. Yeah, it's a it's a catch twenty two. It is. It is. Uh, Andy, how did the test go? Are you, am I now speaking to a certified sommelier or am I now speaking? To a colossal failure. <laughs> a little of both. <laughs> no, uh, I did. I did pass. Yay! Did pass. All right. So, Andy, you are now a certified sommelier. Yeah. Master of uh, distilled spirits, of uh, of wine and beer, and uh, basically you're done now. Like, you know everything there is to know about alcohol officially. Uh, is that right? No. <laughs> like... Not technically. You're a certified spirit specialist. Yes. You're a certified wine specialist. Yes. You are a certified sommelier. Yes. And uh, what's next on your alcohol education? Oh, man. Um, in October, I'll be going for my French wine scholar. French wine scholar. Which is knowing everything there is to know about France. Okay. Which, as it turns out, there's is a, a lot. There's stuff, stuff has happened there. It's a whole lot, as yeah. it turns out. They mostly want you to focus on, like, the wine, though, I'd imagine. Yeah. Over, yeah. say, like, you know, the storming of the Bastille. Yeah. Wars, they leave out of it for the most part. Mostly. Mostly. Unless it affected wine. It affected the vineyard of some in some fashion. Well, congratulations. I'm thrilled that you passed. I'm also thrilled that you're back. Uh... When do you go into self-imposed exile for the uh, French wine scholar? I don't know if that's going to happen. Really? Yeah, as long as I can get like good, consistent studying between okay. now and then, I should be good. It's not quite as intensive okay. a test as some was, so that I don't think that'll be necessary. You'll be the first to know that. And for the uh, wine enthusiasts out there, uh-huh. you had to be you had to get your sommelier. Your intro song. And then now you have gotten your certified song. Which is like the first major step. Yes. 
And then, uh, do will you be continuing on to the second major step in this three-step process? Will you be going for your advanced song? Um... I want a definitive answer right now. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't give that. That's a TBD. Okay, that's okay. a TBD. Dude, will these tests come with a massive increase in uh, personal revenue? Uh, they provide me a lot of ammunition, ammunition with which to argue for I a see. massive increase okay. in personal revenue. Well, again, congratulations. Thank you very uh, much. Let's stop talking about wine. Yeah. Actually, one more wine question. Okay. When you win a USL championship. Mm-hmm. And you are popping bottles of champagne in the locker room and at the after party. What is your recommendation for a uh, cost-effective but still delicious champagne for locker room celebration? Oh, man. Bella Pock from Perrier's UA. Okay. I didn't understand any of those words. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's okay. good. It's, I mean, you're going to pay for it, but it's reasonably priced. Yeah. It is the best that Perry Ujue makes. Okay. It's spectacular. It's what we opened uh, when we when my wife and I moved into our house. Outstanding. So, and so, but it's cost effective enough yeah. to be able to spray some on your friends. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, bubbly enough. It's oh, got yeah. enough it's, fizz it's, to sustain a uh, championship. It's got the fizz you're looking for. Okay. Well, there you go. That now we know what we should be popping. Yeah. In like three months. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's start talking about some soccer. Yeah. Uh, you were out for a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, were you watching the I games? I didn't watch them. Okay. I didn't so make sure to watch them. You were staying up on what was I happening. I still have my priorities in place. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. So you could take um, 110 minutes out yeah. of your day. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Good. And uh, what have you thought about the form that we've been in, particularly uh, in our most recent game against Charlotte? I think we looked better than we did against, say, Loudon. Okay. <laughs> that seems like a although, reasonable statement. Although Loudon was the game, because I actually you're gonna you're gonna love this. I actually listened to one of the podcasts. Wow. That you did, yeah. The the one between you and Oost. And what when I say listen to it, I gave you like ten minutes. Sure. 10, Fifteen. That, minutes, I right? figure that's about what everybody's giving us. Um. Which is why I front loaded the wine convo. Yeah. Yeah. And you. You made the comment that you thought that it looked like good soccer. Against Loudon? Okay. I think that that's that actually was, going that back might one have been, more. Yeah. yeah. It, you did that's going the back to first him. one with us, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Then. So we did the Loudon recap with uh, David O'Connell. Oh, okay. And we did the, uh, uh, shoot, was that the Bethlehem? It was Bethlehem. Re, uh, recap with uh, Oost. Yeah. Which I did. I felt like we played yeah. about as well as we can play in that Bethlehem game and didn't score. Yeah. I thought that in the Loudon game, uh, it's almost impossible to judge because we played down a man for most of the damn game. Yeah. And so it was a difficult difficult thing to, to really judge how we were playing. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, man, I really thought we were going to do something similar in this game when we yeah, go down a man. Exactly. Right in. The Martinez brothers. Gotta hate them. I just hate him. But thank you, Alex. Right? You know? Thanks Alex for mouthing off too for much. absolutely idiot. being a moron. I want to know what he said. I got I want to know. know what he said. Because that my, Stephanie and I were watching that, and he drew the yell. Like, we were, we were already pissed from, <laughs> the, from Paco. Right. That was, I mean, you know, call a foul, sure. That was soft. Yeah, very that soft for soft. a second yellow. That one deserves a dude. You know you're on a yellow, right? Yeah, that was soft. Cool man. in. So 
I get the feeling the ref had already kind of had in his mind like, "Hey, I probably owe them." <laughs> <laughs> if this guy says, if this guy says the magic word, he's out he's, of here. He's out of here. But I still want to know because that ref showed showed yellow, and then he said something to him, and he whipped around real quick. Yeah, real and, quick. And it is super unusual for because he didn't get the yellow for even for the original play. Like that mm. was his teammate. It is super unusual for a person to go yellow, yellow that quickly without making a bad tackle, yeah. without hitting somebody, without throwing the ball away. He was nothing to do with the ball or another player. It was purely for dissension. Yeah. He yeah. was talking something. What game was it that Zinedine Zidane headbutted the dude in the, that was the chest? That was the World Cup final in 2002. So do you remember the reasoning that he gave for doing it? Uh, that there was a racist comment made about his family. Yeah. 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 It had to have been along those lines. Because if you're a ref, yeah. like obviously you're not going to headbutt somebody in the chest, but he had to have said something it had just to have been, awful. It had to have been beyond the pale. Yeah. And that's the thing is, if it wasn't... If it was just run of the mill, you know, you're being a jerk. F, like. <laughs> F U, you F and you know B, right, like, right. That sort of thing, especially after the first one. Like you give him a yellow, yeah, for for saying F U, you F and B. Mm-hmm. The second yellow has to come from just something out of left field. Now, I uh, from someone I was speaking to, they felt strongly that whatever the guy said, it ended in a T. Wow. So you, you, I'll let your imaginations take you where you want to go with that. But there that, are a lot of places that could go. But I have everybody has the same thing in yeah, mind. What you that is? Feel yeah. like that probably is a four-letter word that rhymes with bunt. Yeah. And uh, that's that's not a good word to use to anyone. <laughs> to anyone, and uh, especially not to someone who has your playing career in their hands. Yeah. So Alex Martinez, whatever you said, thanks, buddy. We'll be, we'll be sending <laughs> we'll be sending you a bottle of Mary Mary uh, the the, yeah. the really good bubbly stuff that Andy was talking about. No, we'll send some cheap. Okay, but uh, that that did sort of change the vibe of the yeah, game. Absolutely. The thing was, you know, it was clear we came out saying we're not going to give up a freaking goal. No. So you were playing, we played bunched up defense in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the shocking thing to me about it. We played bunched up defense in the back and still got beat on some counters. Yeah. It's, that was that was annoying to me. Hubbard it's was like, our saving grace if you, like, one sure. time in particular. But, yeah, well, one of them is leading the charge to be the uh, save of the week, so good for him. But, uh, you know, I think it was three really nice saves in this game for Hubbard. He played very well. Mm-hmm. I hate that he had to make three saves, though, because yeah. when you're playing Charlotte and you're playing really compacted defense, you shouldn't get beat over the top. No. You shouldn't get beat on the long ball. That shouldn't be able to happen, and it still did. That was the frustrating bit to me. Let's talk positives. Okay. Pat McMahon gets the start. Love it. Vibes Killing it Love out it. there. Vibes was all over his side of the field. I loved watching him play. Yeah. He didn't... It ended up being a mostly sound and fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think much came from his side in the end. 
but what he was doing, it just felt confident. It yeah. felt uh, and it felt energizing. Yeah, uh, and it looked to me like they were feeding that side of the field. Oh yeah, which to me means that's teammates going. We're glad Pat's out here. Pat. Like way to be Pat. Here you go. And uh, I thought he played pretty well. Well, his hair is starting to grow out again. It is, and the mustache in full effect. Yeah. He's he's got the swarthy pirate look back. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, he plays best with it. He does. Uh, <laughs> I'm hope I'm hopeful that by playoff time we'll be we'll have the full return of the McMahon bun, which would be glorious. Oh my God. Uh, no, I thought Pat played well. I thought Sean Tosh played very well as a yeah. center back, which we hadn't seen him play in yeah. a little while. Uh, Tucked in, locked in, baby. Right. And uh, for the first half, it was kind of nice seeing a 2017 throwback of Tosh and Paco next to each other back there. Oh, yeah. That uh, you got that sort of, I got some 2017 vibes out of that moves. And I thought that they looked comfortable with one another, and that was comforting until Paco got sent off. Paco, I thought, played pretty well in the game. Both yellows were a little... Yeah. You feel like the two of them combined probably equaled a, a yellow, yellow, yeah, which still would have resulted in him being suspended for the upcoming game because of yellow accumulation, because Paco's Paco accumulating him <laughs> yellows. But which is, I think, why he was so animatedly frustrated when the first one got handed to him. Yeah. I mean, you could tell he was super annoyed because in the back of his head, he's going, "Well, I'm not playing next week." Uh, Ultimately, I thought that it looked like a good combo. I wouldn't mind us exploring a little bit a Paco Tosh combination back there yeah. for a couple of games when we get that chance. Uh, the expectation being that we'll see some combination of Taylor Pay, uh, Alexi Swahi, and uh, Sean Tosh in the next game mm-hmm. because Alexi will come back from his suspension. And uh, so that means that you've got basically three real center backs available for that game. And uh, I'm optimistic that we'll find the optimal pairing. Uh, it's funny because I think that in a vacuum, Taylor Pay may be our best center back. Like if yeah. you just draw up a center back yeah. and what the skills should be and what the physical attributes should be and the gameplay, yeah, he, it, may, it might be him. I haven't felt like he's found the perfect partner. And so, whereas we, no. we know that Paco plays well next to Sean Tosh, we know that Paco plays well next to Alexi Swahi, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if by the end of this year we don't see Taylor as sort of the odd man out for that, if he's just not the ideal pairing for yeah. either of them. So much of being a good center back partnership in a four-back line is communication, confidence, trust, and uh, you never know what the good combos are going to be. It doesn't always have to. It doesn't always come down to who's the best players. Sometimes it comes down to who believes in each other, who knows where the other guy's going to be without having yeah, to look absolutely. for him. Can I go up and make this challenge? Is my guy positioned properly? Yeah. I know his speed. I know he's going to go after this ball. I better make that quick run now. You know, in case it gets by him. And that's all intangible stuff, and you get to see that in practice, and you get to see that on the field. You can't design it. Yeah. Uh, you can put the best center backs in the world together. They might not necessarily be a great partnership. So we'll see. That'll be curious. I thought Oscar played fine. I thought uh, that Speedy had a nice game. Ultimately, he was starting to look a little bit more like the Speedy Williams that yeah. we're familiar with. He didn't get pressed forward as much in this game as he had recently. He was recently. in this game, wasn't he? Uh, he was. Yeah. Speedy wearing the armband, which was uh, new. Yeah. New. I like it. Uh, we played our fastest front line 
We played our fastest front line. Ownby, Hopano, and, and with uh, Abdu in the middle. Yeah. Ineffective. The three of them did not, I felt like. No. It didn't do what it's supposed to Abdu do. Abdu doesn't seem like he's the Abdu we had before his injury. He might not be all the way back yet. I, I, I'm I'm reading the same thing you are. For what the main thing to me is, uh, what doesn't seem like the confidence. Yeah, he made some reckless in the past when we first got him. He made some sort of reckless and daring runs into the middle and just sort of uh, let's see what happens if I go yeah. here. You're not seeing that right now. You're, it yeah. looks like he's he's still letting the game come to him instead of going and taking it. Yeah, uh, I hope that that gets sorted. Let's uh, find that middle ground. I love, love, love Luke coming on the last one. Oh, my God, yeah. Whether it ends up being Abdu or whether we find some other combination up front that works well, I love Luke coming on for 20, 25 minutes at the end. I think that the goal that we got was in part due to just Luke being Luke and being an opportunist and being just a big body for them to deal with. That's the kind of play where, you know, if it's even if it's, say, Cam Lancaster... In the box, you're afraid that in a scrum like that, that he just sort of gets shoved off the ball. Yeah, no one's doing that to Luke. No, he's like, oh, the ball's here. I'm gonna no. just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in the back. It reminded me a lot on the opposite side of the uh, the USL Championship goal from last year. Oh yeah, the ball's pinging around in there. Luke's Nobody can there. clear it, and Luke says, "I got it. I got it. I know it. where to put this." And uh, then he just powers it into the corner, mm-hmm. and uh, man, it felt good to score. Give up for Maggie for fighting it away, though. I mean, he there's did. a little bit of a there was some jostling, a little hairy there for a second. Maggie got it away from. Him. He did, he did. I thought that that showed a lot of fight yeah. for Magnus, which is maybe not a thing we usually immediately yeah. latch on to with him. Well, you don't fight. see a lot of it because right. you don't have to see a lot of it. He, he's not. He wants to operate in space. Yeah. And so yeah, uh, but I, I thought I agree. I was really pleased to see him. Uh, Toughen it out in amongst the trees, pokes the ball over towards a, a streaking Luke who puts it home, which we needed the goal. Whew. We needed the shutout. We needed the win. Need that clean sheet. Hopano uh, felt quiet to me in this game. Now, I read Taylor's recap, and it turns out that the stats say that Hopano played an okay game. Uh, he, he felt quiet throughout the game. Do you think part of that, though, is that, I mean, the first two games that he played, it was like, oh, here's Hopano. You know, I mean, you bring him on, you sub him in the first time he's on the field, yeah, and then you start him. He got his goal in his first was, home in start. His first home start. No, his first home game. He'd come on as a sub. I thought. Game. Yeah. Uh, do you think part of it is just that, like, now some of the uh, attention is off of him because he's not new anymore? He's maybe. Not, you know what I'm saying? Like, he he doesn't draw my eye the way he did when he first got okay. here. Okay. Um, and, but I mean, I think that's part of it is that I no longer am just like, well, what's our shiny new toy going to do? Yeah. So I'm not just like automatically watching him. But when you've got a guy who's got sp- speed and uh, skill like he does, yeah. I want him to make my eyes go to him. And I never felt like he demanded my no. attention in this yeah. game. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, and this is where we get into the amateurs versus professionals in terms of being able to watch the game. A lot of the times I'll watch a game and think, Man, I didn't even notice that guy. And then uh, somebody who really knows what they're talking about will say, well, you didn't notice him because he took these two players out of the game and opened everything up for this guy. And you know, yeah. And I, that's the stuff that is a little beyond me, mostly. Uh, so hopefully we see some uh, some improvement from Hopano. Uh, 
I've heard good things about him in training this week, that he's had a really nice week of training. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, it was just good to get a win, man. We needed a win. It's a road win. I mean, Charlotte's not good. But, but they, you know, have been massively improved since they yeah. got a real coach. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's something to be said. Yeah. Is that we went into a place where they are starting to think playoffs. They're starting to mm-hmm. think maybe 10-9 seed. And we will go on the road and beat a team that, you know, if we lose that game, we're fighting with them for positioning. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you fall down a man uh, for 20 minutes before Alex Martinez bails us out a little bit. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> ultimately, I, I'm just thrilled that we come away with three road points because those are hard to hard to come by. Did we, when we played them at home, we lost to them, didn't we? We drew with them. We drew with them. We drew with them at home. I hate the Martinez brothers. Yeah, they're easy to dislike. They're easy I to just, dislike. I just hate watching them. Yeah. I was surprised by some of the substitutions that Charlotte made in this game. Uh, bringing Damaduro off felt unusual to me. I don't yeah. know if he's... I mean, we don't know anything about that team to know whether he's hurt, whether call he's him. you know coming back from whatever. Who knows? Let's but it felt like he was the most dangerous player on the pitch for them for a big chunk of that game. Mm-hmm. And pulling him off while they were still up a man, and uh, bringing on the ill-fated Alex Martinez. Maybe was, it was hubris. Uh, maybe it was. And we're up a man. Yeah, I guess. Um, Get your brother out here. <laughs> Just make sure he doesn't cuss at anybody. And uh, bringing on Jorge Herrera, who uh, is not a speed merchant at this point mm-hmm. in his career. It felt like some strange substitutions from Charlotte. Uh, I was glad that it didn't pan out for them. Um, we made subs of bringing Luke on, mm-hmm. worked out great. Brought on George, it didn't have a ton of impact on the overall tenor of the game, I didn't think, but, you know, it's George Davis the fourth, and when George Davis the fourth comes on, you feel pretty confident. He's not going to mess stuff up. Like, that's no, really, yeah. It's just like, he, maybe he'll play really well, and maybe mm-hmm. he'll just be well, completely I, fine. I feel like if you're the rest of the team, and if you're, especially the newer guys, have to look to somebody like, GD4 when he's coming on the field like okay like there's some security in yep, like this guy I agree that. you know what I mean like this is a veteran yep. you know I mean this guy's got it we're gonna have some comfort here yeah um, same deal we had to bring on Taylor Pay as Paco goes out so that you've got two center backs yeah. and so we brought on Taylor Pay uh, bring on Luke bring on George ultimately it all worked out nicely we get a shutout we get a win we got our first goal in like 200 minutes so that's good too when Paco got the red, yeah. anybody watching the game here, if you listened, it happened close enough to our bench. <laughs> yeah. You could hear <laughs> just screaming at the room. Yeah. And hearing it, whenever you hear Hack mm-hmm. yelling at the ref, it's like, you know what? Yeah. Get him, Hack. <laughs> Get him. Yeah, it's... We've had for the last couple of games, and I'll give you some front office uh, goss mm. here. Uh, we've had for the last couple of games hot mics over by the yeah. by the coaches, and we're not a fan of that in Why general not? because well, I love it. Oh yes, but you are you. And we have some concern about having hot mics over by any of the coaching staffs just because you're going to get so much cursing. You're going to get so much. Because in the moment, it's a lot of, you know, 
And the way refs and coaches and players interact is a certain way. And it's not great for the brand. And it matters less in a packed stadium where you've got crowd noise filtering some of it out. In the stadiums like Charlotte, like Charlotte in like yeah. in Loudon, you know, those are the kind of stadiums where maybe you uh, you put the field mic on the other side of the field, you know. Fine, so, uh, but that's it's just it's not a great look when you can't hear the crowd, but you do hear head coaches screaming obscenities, which is a totally normal thing. It's just it's not maybe a great look. Well, it's like well, what's the thing the NFL does? Uh, where mic'd up, mic'd up. It's yeah. like that. It's like mic'd up. It's yeah, like, it's like our up. version of mic'd up. But mic'd up, they aren't live. Mic'd up, they record the stuff, which makes and ours so much you, better. <laughs> they give you, they they get to choose what to put out into the world right. and bleep out the bad words Fine. when they feel necessary. So, uh, yes, I did enjoy Hack essentially yelling, "Ref, you know Enzo." You know, there's no way he hit that guy. You gotta know that that guy's faking. As to the if the comfort is that we're all saying the same thing. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's. I think that's what it is. It's nice to know that the coaches aren't just letting that sort of thing slide. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, Enzo Martinez. He definitely got hit in the face really hard and almost died. Yeah. No, well, because the majority of the time that you like, if you're watching a soccer match on TV, it's not like watching basketball or football like those coaches are running up and down the sidelines you mean they're you know they're like out there a lot of the times typically when you see a soccer coach he's got his arms crossed and he's kind of like looking intently at the field and like right. you're, you're like you're watching his eyes follow the ball but he's mostly just so it's nice to see either coach really get into it yeah but what you've learned from this is that uh they absolutely are. They are. They are. It's just you don't. Yeah. No. But you know, if you're standing there, with, if you're not, you know, gesticulating wildly, then uh, it's hard for us to know what the that the coaches are getting onto the refs. Because sometimes, like you're saying, it's just sort of you're standing there with your arms crossed. Maybe he's saying something, and maybe he's not. It's hard yeah. to say. Ultimately, got the point. Got the yeah. got the point, and uh, got the three points with the goal. So thank you, Luke. Thank you, team. Chris <sighs> Hubbard, awesome job. So let's. Uh, I feel like Chris Hubbard is becoming a crowd favorite. Absolutely. <laughs> you know how you become a crowd favorite? You do awesome stuff. Yeah. You help us win games. Yeah. That that's and really you got a nickname of Diesel. Diesel. I oh still have God. not yet, and so I want to make this clear in case I'm, we're duplicating any efforts here. I have not yet listened to the Barrel Proof podcast this week, where they have Diesel on the show. Really? Them. They recorded at your stomping grounds over at Odeon. Okay. And uh, they had Chris Hubbard on. I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. I'll be listening to it tomorrow morning. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But uh, Diesel was Diesel. with the uh, was with the boys on Nobody Barrel Proof. Calls me Diesel. No. There's no reason to call no. me Diesel. <laughs> You're just Andy. I'll give you. I'll give you. Four cylinder, <laughs> <laughs> unleaded. <laughs> um, Ninety eight light unleaded. Like yeah, come on. <clears throat> um, okay, so we're moving on now to uh, to Atlanta this weekend. Yeah. Atlanta United two. We get to come home. It's been two oh. weeks, two two weekends on the road. Get a home game, but it's a Sunday it's game at three. At three in the afternoon. I was say, but don't get too excited because it's Sunday at three. Right, it's <laughs> it's an unusual time frame for us. Uh, there was stuff going on at Slugger all week this week, including all, all the way up to Friday. 
So they need to have Saturday to fix the turf back on and all of the stuff they got to do. It, Just make it work overnight. It's a it's a thing like to try to get that stuff put in and uh, can't be that bad. It's a thing. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. I've seen it done and it's oh, a thing. It's on. not easy. Okay. Um, got the game Sunday yeah. at 3 p.m. Unusual start time. Atlanta United two is an unusual team. Uh, can we expect to see some people from Atlanta United? Are they, are they that type of team that will be like, hey... The nice thing about it being a home game for us is we don't have to worry so much about what we faced in Loudon and in uh, uh, Swope earlier this year was the MLS first team played Saturday. Yeah. And then we played the two team on Sunday on the road. And that meant that anybody who didn't play... Yeah. In the game Saturday, they could maybe just throw into the game Sunday, and they did that a couple of times. We yeah. faced a couple of guys like that. This is a road game, so anybody that Atlanta wants to play in this game is definitely guys they're sending to us to play. Okay. There won't be any just, like, reserves that Atlanta's like, well, maybe they'll play first team, maybe they'll play second team. We'll see. They are intentionally sending people to this game to play, and so we shouldn't have the full complement of Atlanta United two players. Shouldn't. I mean, of Atlanta United 1 players. In fact, I'm going to start calling Atlanta United, Atlanta United 1. <laughs> <clears throat> it's it's not a good team. No, they're 16th. 16th. But, by that same token, they just beat Loudon 4-2, to two, and yeah. Loudon just beat us 3 to nothing. So, by the transitive property, we're going to lose this game 11 nothing. <laughs> just everybody get ready. Right. You know, everybody get ready. Who knows? I mean, our performance against like lower tier teams is so just up and down. Like, obviously, we've had games against the bottom like five teams where we've just dominated them like we should have. But then we have games like we did against Loudon. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I still feel to this point in the season like our best games that we have played have been against our best opponents. Yeah. We played well on the road against Indy. We played well on the road against Tampa. We played well at home against Pittsburgh. We got beat. But we we gave them a fight. Same deal on the road against New York Red Bulls, too. We gave them a fight. We beat Nashville. Yeah. You know, those are games against the teams that are going to matter at the end of the year. Yeah. And we've either won them, tied them, or been very competitive in them. Yeah. And uh, that's a comforting feeling to me, knowing that our guys get up for competition. Uh, I'll be interested to see when we get uh, the home games against Indy, Tampa, and New York Red Bulls, too. Uh, how those three games shake out and how we do on the road against Pittsburgh. Those are four big, big games. Same deal with the road game against Nashville. But good teams dominate the bad teams. You don't... For us to be in this season... Let me take the broader view here for a second. Okay. We have never lost a home elimination game. No. Of any kind. No. Never lost a home playoff game in the USL. Mm-hmm. Never lost a home game in the US Open Cup. We have never lost an elimination game played in the city of Louisville. It's never happened. We are currently not on pace to have any elimination games in the city of Louisville. We need at least one damn game here. We need need it. And uh, to get that, you got to beat the bad teams. Yeah. Because just playing well against the good teams... Doesn't score you a lot of points. Yeah, a hard-fought draw on the road against Tampa. Way to go. That's encouraging. 
one point. But it's one, it's <laughs> one point, you know? And uh, that that's the difference between us and the Tampas and the New York Red Bulls, too, is that this year they've been blowing out the bad teams, and we have been playing to their level. And that's irritating. Yeah. It's irritating. So I liked getting the winning in Charlotte. That's a that's a step in the proper direction. Now let's blow out Atlanta United too. It's not a good team. They shouldn't be good against us. Let's go and blow them out. Let's go and put uh let's put several goals in the back of the net. Get some good feelings. Have a really fun week of practice of like hey everybody's feeling good now. We were on a two game winning streak and we put in three. You know where everybody's in a great mood and everybody's loving each other again. Let's have that. Yeah. We haven't had that. No. Our best win this year, realistically, was 4-1 against Charleston. And Charleston is an okay team. And uh, I want us to blow out a bad team. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? A, it means stop the counter. Stop it. And two, it means get the lead. Get out there and get a goal in the first 20 minutes and play with a lead. I've been preaching it, and I will continue to preach it, that this team is designed to play with a lead, and you got to be able to get it. Let's get it. Let's have the prototype game, yeah. the game where it's like, this is how we drew it up for the year. You know, We drew it up that we would score in the first 15 minutes, shut them down for 10 minutes, lean on them, spread them out, and then pick them apart. That's what the team's supposed to be. Let's have that game where you can point back to it when you come to playoff time and go, we did this to Atlanta United too. These players are better, but we're going to do it to them the same way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I want to have that game. I'm on board. I'm on board with it. I don't know. I don't know what else I could have said. Like, yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good? That sounds good. I'm not going <laughs> to... All right, all right. Um, expectation being that Niall will be available for this game. He was not available for the what last game. What was wrong My understanding is that there's nothing wrong with him, that it was a personal matter. Okay. Uh, that they're... My, that's my understanding. I don't know if that's accurate none or not. None of my business. Uh, certainly none of mine. So, there's, there's that. Um... I imagine we'll see a similar-ish lineup. One thing that I haven't loved about the Hackworth there. Now I'm a noted Hackworth defender, and I will continue to should be. You, should you do your? I'm Evan, and I work. Yeah, for I am Evan, and I work for the team. Uh, anything I say is my opinion, and not the opinion of the club, its sponsors, or affiliates. Thanks, buddy. Hey, always. Um, d- don't get fired. Don't <laughs> yeah. get fired. I'm a noted defender of Hackworth. Uh, I. I I tend to think that what he's doing has rhyme and reason and will develop into something good. Uh, One of the ways that I think that is that he took a team that wasn't his, that was underperforming when it was playing for James O'Connor, and then performing interestingly, but not getting the exact results you wanted against uh, uh, under the triumvirate, Mm -hmm. took them, found the appropriate lineup, found the appropriate tactical uh, acumen, and then rattled off 10 straight in the title. That's not easy to do. Like no. that wasn't that wasn't oh man they just needed a head coach they needed John Hackworth and he yeah. he gave that to us. Um, I feel like we're gonna get there under Hack. Uh, but one thing that I have not loved about him this season in particular is his propensity to hunt lineups. We seem to be changing our lineup a lot based on who we're playing. 
Yeah. And who maybe is hot in practice and who maybe isn't. Um, I think we're now to the point in the season when we don't have any more midweek games. Yeah. Where you're playing once a week. All the guys should be, if they're healthy, you should be available at this point. Uh, I want us to start zoning in on our lineup. Yeah. We got a win last week. The lineup made sense. Some of it didn't perform exactly right, but I, I think you could have an immediate... I mean, I talked about how I didn't think Hopano really showed up. I didn't yeah. think Abdu had a great game. Nile will be back. You know, you're going to have to change your center-back pairing. Uh, you might have a tendency to go, well, screw it. We'll run out a completely different-looking lineup and see how we... I kind of like us to zone in. Yeah. Maybe you just say, all right, we're going to replace Paco with Taylor or Alexi, but we're going to run out Oscar... And Tosh and Pay, I mean, and uh, Pat on the back line. You leave Speedy and Napo alone in the middle of the park, yeah. and then you you leave the Magnus Ownby and uh, uh, Hopano out there, and then you decide on what to do about the nine. Yeah, Nile is one of our best eleven players. He'll find his way back onto the field, but let's let's not force it. You know, let's. No, yeah. Let's try to let some stuff breathe. Like get some rhythm going with yeah. some guys. Get a couple. Get a lineup that can put together two, three wins, and where everybody's feeling like okay, and then make a change. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put Nile back in for Napo. We're gonna put Nile back in for Magnus and let and Paolo's back. Let's get him back in there. That kind of deal. Yeah. Instead of wholesale changes week after week. Well, and also you're giving everybody the chance to like get their mindset. On who they're playing with, like okay, so let this me get used to team. let me get yeah. used to playing with these guys instead of having to. As I wonder a which one of these guys I'll be next to. In yeah, game. exactly. Like give people a chance to start to click with somebody. Yeah, uh, I don't think we'll know what our playoff lineup is until we get to Nashville. Until we get to late season, late season, St. Louis maybe. I, I really, I'm, I don't know, but. You can bet your bottom dollar that if he's healthy, Paolo Del Piccolo is in it. And uh, how far out are we from him? My understanding is that we're still <laughs> weeks. Like it's not day to day yet. He's okay. not. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was not yet participating in full practice. Uh, he was on Barrel Proof last week and was a delight on it. I recommend again to everybody to listen to Paolo on uh, Barrel Proof because he was great. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like you know. A couple more weeks. A couple more weeks. Okay. So my suspicion would be three to four out. That's a guess. I don't have info about that. That's my guess. It's three to four more weeks. Even if, you know, next week he's a limited participant in practice, and then the following week he's a full participant, then you got to get another week of him getting into game shape. Mm-hmm. And so three, four weeks, that's a guess. Guess. Um my understanding is that basically everybody else is sort of fit. That everybody else is basically sort of available. Uh, a couple of knocks, but I mean, that's going to happen in anything. Uh, let's start settling in. Yeah. What do you have for a scoreline for us in this game? Oh. God, it's been so long since I've done it. Um... I'm going 2 nothing. Two nothing. Two nothing. Okay. 
I think it's a sound two nothing. Okay, comfortable two. I think it's a comfortable two nothing. Okay. I think we. I think we get one in the first half. I really do. I think we get one in the first half. Who? I want to see something from Maggie again. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he's got. He's gone a couple of weeks. He had that nice stretch early, and then he had a nice. He had a couple <coughs> of little goals late. He hasn't done much. Yeah, recently. and that's why I want to see something from Maggie because we know what he can do. Yeah, we know the miracles he can make happen. Yeah, but like well, he's one of the only guys on the team that can make his own offense. Yeah, and so yeah, uh, you, you root for Maggie to be able to create in the middle of the field. And I thought that was one of the things to note about this previous game was that we were. To use everyone's favorite, we're playing through the middle. There was more action in the middle of the park, but I thought that there was more action in the middle of the park mostly because Ownby and Hopeno did a nice job of reversing fields a lot. Like, they are switching sides of the park, and I thought that while they were switching sides, that left one of them in the middle to receive stuff occasionally. Uh, I don't even know that that was like an ingrown tactic. I feel like it was maybe more of a happenstance (laughs) it it worked out that that was happening but it felt like pat had a nice rhythm going on playing the pass into the middle of the park there at the top of the 18 and that's where you want to see magnus be more efficient and more effective yeah and so hopefully magnus would be a good one you got a second half goal score oh man i gotta go with my oscar paco that would be unusual oh no because paco's out so oscar to I actually like Oscar to score in this game. I think that we're I think that if we continue to play the speed up front of yeah. Ownby and Hopano and uh, and an Abdu type at the nine, uh, I think that that is gonna leave extra space in behind, especially since it felt like Speedy and Napo were dropped back. Yeah. That leaves a lot of room, which Pat exploited really well, but he's also not a guy you expect to rip a shot. Mm-hmm. I think that if you see us playing from the other side a little bit more in this game, you might see Oscar have some extra room at the yeah. top of the 18 and be able to take some looks. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. But who's your guy? I'll, I'll go with Oscar. Man. Okay. I like Oscar. it. All right. I think that you're right we get a win. I think that you're right that it's comfortable. I think that... Uh, do you think we get away with the clean sheet on this one? Yes. I think that we settle in on the defensive end and go, you know what? We're going to have a couple of weeks in a row where we just don't let somebody score on us. Yeah. Which is why I think this may even be another one nothing kind of game, but a comfortable one nothing, yeah. Sort of like this was. There were three great chances for Charlotte, but they didn't convert. Maybe we have two tough chances against us in this game, and we only find a way to put one home again. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see us get three for, you know, stretch it out a little. I can see the way, though, where we play settled back again a little, and you only create one real goal. Yeah. Uh, I can see a one nothing win, but a one nothing win, everybody feels like, yeah, we were in control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. Uh, here's hoping. You got any purple stuff, buddy? I have, I physically have purple stuff, yeah. Cheers. News and notes. Do we have any Scouse's House specific news or notes? We do. Tailgate. Sunday. I know it's a 3 o'clock game, but we're still tailgating. Absolutely. Because that's what you do. You gotta mean it. 
Tailgate at 1 o'clock. 1 p.m. Normal place. Hmm? Um, come on out. If for no other reason than it's the return of the purple and gold pretzel sticks. Ah, uh, the pretzel rods are a delight. If you've never had her pretzel rods. The yogurt-dipped purple and gold <laughs> pretzel rods. They are convenient and delicious. Um, it's a good beer food because you can totally you don't need two hands for it. You don't no, need a plate yeah, for it. It's, it's a it's a grab and go snack. It's a portable snack. Yeah. Um, um also, Evan, let me ask you a question. Lay it on me. Do you like orphans? <laughs> like like I am, I am about, adamantly opposed to gangs of orphans organized you, into pickpockets. Right, but do you care about the general well-being of of people who have lost their parents in some yes. fashion? I absolutely do care about them. Yes. Okay. What if I told you there is an entire picnic? <laughs> okay. Dedicated to, to those raising children? money for said orphans. Well, that sounds like the sort of thing that would be a big hit in Louisville for decades. It has been. It's called St. Joe's Pick. Uh, okay, I've heard. Interestingly, of it. yeah, we have a tent there. The the Scouse's House crew <laughs> we do has we a tent do. there now, and it is being extended out by Scouse as an invite to not just Scouse's House people, but oh, any yeah. Loose City supporters. Yeah, they'll be serving up beers. Come come serve beer if you are interested in helping Scouse. Help serve cold beverages to hot patrons. I don't know if they'll be like you know attractive. I just know no, they'll yeah, be like warm. temperature. Yeah, yeah, they'll be warm and yeah, desiring yeah, yeah. cold beverages because it's August. Yeah, uh, if you want to come serve beers, get get a hold of Scouse. Scouse will tell you the times that he needs people when he needs them. Yeah. You can get him on the Scouse's House website, scousehouse.com, on the contacts. Page. Any amount of time. We're not saying show up for an entire day. Like right. Any amount of time. Just come. My up. understanding is that the crew will be there from like 1 to 8, I yeah. think. I don't know if that's accurate, so don't quote that. But they need to fill some hours of serving beers. Uh, I will personally be there from 1 to 3, yeah. pouring some for folks. Yeah. I may, if I get the permission from the office that I'm seeking, I may bring some Loose City swag oh. to have out uh, that'll be available to uh, to the masses. Um, it's I always have a great time at St. Joe's. Oh, it's amazing. If you've never been to St. Joe's, which if you live in Louisville, I find it hard to believe. Yeah. Um, it's a blast. Yeah, you it's, can, if for no other reason than it's a spectacle. It's it is so big. It is. Uh, I like <clears throat> to do. I like to do the the betting for the dimes for cakes. Oh man, yeah. I like going after the cakes. Uh, I like Catholics <clears throat> love betting dimes on things. Yeah, <laughs> it's just all there is to it. Yeah, Th- this is legalized gambling. Yeah, it in, absolutely in is. You can, in fact, take money from the orphans. By being a really good gambler. Um, a good poker player? Blackjack. Yeah. Uh, but you can also give money back to the orphans. Just grab your change drawer yeah. and uh, your change shelf, your your sock full of nickels, whatever your bring thing it. is. Just bring it. Show up and uh, try to win some uh, mostly useless crap, but also some lovely quilts okay. and uh, novelty items of uh, many different kinds. Uh, or I cakes. Like, I like the cakes. Or the bacon. Bacon. The, the, the meats. Look for the... look Anywhere that you can bet to win foodstuffs. 
you're not going to be disappointed by said food stuff. So it's good. Yeah, it's a it's a good time. Uh, one of my uh, first dates with my wife was to St. Joe's. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we uh, when we started dating, I we kind of started dating-ish in like May, but I was still very much living in Cincinnati. Yeah. And so we were spending a lot of time together getting to know each other, but it was mostly like hanging out, kind of getting to know each other. Yeah. Uh, and so we weren't, I, I couldn't be here during many days. And so, um, we, uh, would go to, uh, we went to St. Joe's for like our probably like 15th date, okay. uh, St. Joe's. It was very nice. Yeah. And, uh, also St. Joe's was, uh, the day of St. Joe's was the day I bought my engagement ring for my oh, wife. Shit. So I bought the engagement ring and then went to St. Joe's and was in a panic the whole time because I was at St. Joe's and had the ring in oh, my pocket. No. no intention of proposing for another like month. What if you had lost it? It would have been very uncomfortable. It would have been very, very... What if you but I didn't want to leave it in the car because I was paranoid. Like, <clears throat> you know, there are so many people in this parking lot. Did you have sandals or shoes on? I was wearing shoes. Put it in the sock. Man, that would have been disgusting. Put it in the sock. Wash that ring. Like, don't just take... I don't know how to wash a ring. It was a thing. Oh like, I, I remember being... I, I had my hand in my pocket for most of the night because I was just, like, holding the ring in my pocket. Uh, it was a very intimidating night for me, but also, a, a, you know, a big one. So. Does she know that? She knows that I got the ring. I don't know if she knows I had it on me. That's adorable. You should tell her that. I, uh, I The first person who ever saw the ring, by the way, yeah. uh, other than my parents who helped me pick it out, mm-hmm. and uh, myself and, you know, the people who designed it. Uh, the, the first friend I showed it to. Ben Williams, our birthday buddy. Really? At St. Joe's. Oh, man. Yeah, because we I had been talking to him. He had also just gotten engaged. Oh, yeah? And uh, so we had been talking about ring shopping, and uh, I was I ran into him while I was there, and I was like, dude, I got it. And he was like, oh, that's great. I'd love to see it. Do you have a picture? I was like, no, I have no, it. No, I have it. So I showed it to him. Yeah, that was a, that was a big night for me. <laughs> it, it, obviously, as it stuck in my head for yeah. six years. Yeah. So come make memories at St. Joe's. Memories! <laughs> Bring your engagement ring. Bring your engagement ring, apparently. And help serve some beers. Help us out, seriously. It's for a great cause. And it's a it's just a fun experience. It's great people watching also. It really, really is. Uh, and please, come along. We'd be happy to see you. Even if you don't have any intention of helping us to serve Do beers. Do you like middle-aged, drunk white people? <laughs> this is the place for you, bud. <laughs> Do you like herds? And I mean herds of middle school students. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Herds. Yeah. Because this is one of those deals where the middle-aged, white, drunk people uh, just release their children on the oh, world. Yeah. And they're like, we're going over here to gamble and play blackjack all night. You kids don't die. Yeah. Don't get Here's killed. $20 in change. Don't get arrested. Yeah. Just leave us alone. Here's $20 in change. You guys go figure it out. Uh, also, you're probably going to have to drive. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. Also, those kids are making memories. Because it was a festival like that, St. John's in Westchester, Ohio, where I had my first make-out sesh. Oh. First real making out Not a peck. But, you know. Because <laughs> the same thing happens all over the Midwest, where your parents just are like, okay, we're here. Go. Yeah. Leave us alone. Yeah. And so the, the herd happens, and then uh, you just hope that you peel off. And I uh, yeah. had one of my first real Good make-out sessions. Yeah, I know. These kinds of fairs, I'm not even all that Catholic, and yet these kinds of uh, festivals, great memories for me. So come make some memories. <laughs> Have your first makeout session. Have your first <laughs> session in the beer booth. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, pick your partners wisely. Well, right. right. Um, Scouse right. is a wonderful this character. Is, this is, <laughs> wow. This has gotten off the rails. And it's mostly my fault, so it's I'll okay. take the blame. It's okay. um, other news and notes, let's get into some team news. Well, also, I'm going to reiterate real quickly that if you have any interest in going to any of the road games for the rest of this year, yeah. get a hold of Dave Thomas, Steve McGuffey, Andy Frederick, Scouse, the whole Scouse's House leadership team because uh, they are still taking names, still taking money, yeah. still trying to figure out good travel arrangements. Uh, there are vans that have been rented and they've got to get paid for by somebody. Yeah. And it's a cheap deal and a fun and it's a fun trip. So make the trip. If you haven't joined Scouse's House or uh, the Coopers or any supporters group, I encourage you to do that because it's great for them and great for the team and it's great for you. So do it. Those are the other bits. Now let's get into some team news. Okay. We'll do the most recent first, and then we'll do what's maybe the bigger news. So first, we made a signing this week. We did. We have brought in a right back, theoretically. Uh, on paper. On on the paper it says right back, uh, and uh, his name is Akil Watts. He is coming to us from the second division in Spain. Yep. He's played for some of the IMG and USA national youth teams. Uh, he's been in the U.S. system for a while now, so the coach Hack knows him pretty well. Mario Sanchez knows him pretty well. Uh, they've, they've seen him play before. He's been most recently over in Spain. Mm-hmm. The team got promoted. He didn't get promoted to the top flight of Spanish soccer, and so uh, he was available, and we snatched him up. Yeah. Uh, excited to see him play. Um, I have never personally watched him play in person, I watched all the highlight videos I could find of the kid, and the thing that I take, and that is, that's apropos, he's a teenager, Yeah. he's a young man, uh, he is also, the thing that I thought most about him was smooth, there's a smoothness to all his right. game, he sort of glides, he didn't look blazingly fast, but he was running by guys, and I love when you see that, where he yeah. doesn't look like a major effort guy, I'm not comparing these two players at all. I'm just telling you that I saw that same thing about Mark Anthony K, oh. where he never looked crazy fast, but you still saw him running by guys. And it was yeah. like yeah. he just glides past people. I see a little bit of that in Akil Watts in the film that I watched on him. Now, the film that you get to watch is uh, curated. So right. they're going to give you the good stuff and yeah. not focus on the yeah. bad stuff. Yeah. He looks, most of what you can see film-wise is a lot of center, is playing more in the middle of the field. And so I don't know if he's recently made the transition to right back or if Lou City is planning on converting to right back. But what you see when you're watching the film is him playing a lot in the middle of the field as a six and an eight, mainly. Um, he shows a willingness to get up the field from those positions. Okay. Uh, and again, a smoothness, uh, just solid player he doesn't nothing I saw looked crazy explosive from him neither shots nor you know moves nor anything he just felt like one of those guys who is gonna get where he wants to get on the field and you sort of look up and you go how did that guy get over there I like it Uh, I'm optimistic that he'll be a nice addition obviously fullback has been a position of need for us Trying to find the perfect partner opposite of of uh, Oscar yeah. since Kyle Smith left. Maybe this is him. Uh, maybe it's just good depth for practice. Maybe he is somebody we're hoping to develop for future years. Uh, there are a lot of possibilities of what this kid is for us. 
And I will stop calling him a kid from now on because he's now How just totally... He's, like 19, he? he's either 19 or 20, I believe. He graduated high school in 18, I believe. So that puts him at, you know, somewhere between 18 and 20. Him and Elijah Winder are going to be running this place. In That's completely possible. That's completely possible. Years. I don't know if they have any intention of having <laughs> him train with the academy kids at all. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I do know he's in town. I do know he's training. I know he's currently training with the first team, but so is Elijah Winder. So. Yeah. Who, and I'm just going to, I will divulge this, I hear is pushing for a roster spot. For a spot really? in the 18. And not as like a, man, we need depth, and uh, well, we've got an extra but spot like in the a, 18. No, no, no. But as a, hey, you know, be ready, I'm coming. Like, that he is pushing. That's awesome, though. Yeah. Even if he doesn't ever make it back into the 18 this year, it's just freaking great. Yeah. And uh, the training I watched recently, he looked really comfortable and confident on the field. The kid's 16 years old. God. 16. I just remember watching him in the, the, the five minutes that he played in the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And watching him and thinking, like, that kid is 16 years old. Yeah. He's hanging with these hanging. dudes. Like, he's hanging with these guys. And think of the invaluable experience now of being 16 oh years God. old and hanging with Lou City every day in practice. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that his high school season will probably kick off here shortly. Yeah. And that may take away some of his ability, availability for training with the first team. God, it makes you feel bad for his opponents in high school. Seriously. <laughs> Can you imagine what kind of year he's gonna have oh my God, for collegiate? <laughs> like you know, uh, you're you're a kid from I don't know Spencer County. Like we're gonna play collegiate tonight. It's gonna be great. Oh, who is that? Come on. <laughs> what is he doing? Is that a profession? Is that a Teen Wolf coach? Coach, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so expecting big things from uh, from Elijah, but uh, on Akil Watts, uh, really excited. Frankly, this is similar timing last year to when we brought in Napo, who didn't really play. Yeah. And when we brought in James Sands and Jose Carranza, who saw some time on the field. But I think this, to me, may be more of a Napo-like signing, where you got a guy who is going to be really good in practice. He's going to push guys. He's going to make them be good and give them better practice. Somebody better to practice against. Yeah. Uh, and that if he happens to work his way into the first team for us, then great. Uh, I mean, he could be in the 18 this week. I have no idea. He could be, you know, Hack could be playing on starting him. I have no idea. But uh, my hunch is that this is a guy that you bring in as a, hey, we haven't found the solution at this position, and if none of you want to be it, then maybe this guy does. And uh, so that's a little push to Frano and Pat and uh, Taylor Pay and Sean Tosh and all the guys we've tried out at right back this year. Nile, uh, as a, we're bringing in a guy, we're calling him a right back, get your shit together, yeah. or uh, he's going to take your spot. Or he's a plug-and-play starter. Hack knows this guy, and he's my guy, and he's playing. Maybe. I don't know. We'll find out. We should. If he's in the 18 this week, I think that'll speak volumes. Because like yeah. I said, we've got a mostly healthy roster right now. And so if you choose to leave one of our real guys off I mean, the roster. But really, if, even if he's like a sub, mm-hmm. it says a lot, right? Like, yeah. If he's available in the yeah. 18-man roster, that'll be, uh, hey, look out for this guy. Yeah. So Akil Watts, we hope nothing but the best for you this year and in the future, unless you're playing against us. Welcome, Akil Watts. Welcome, Akil Watts. Next. Is this the big news? This is the big news. This is the big one. Okay. The Butchertown Stadium is no longer the Butchertown Stadium. It's no longer the new stadium. It's no longer 
our future home. It's no longer that stuff. It's not the stadium. It's not anything. When we refer to it from now on, we can refer to it by its official name, its legal name. The stadium is Lynn Family Stadium. There it is. LFS. The Lynn. Lynn Fam. Lynn Family Stadium. Yeah. Let's let's call a spade a spade right from this minute. Yeah. There's already a Lynn Stadium in town. There sure is. Uh, that's unusual. A known Lynn Stadium. It's unusual that uh, you would have the same family buy the naming rights to two state-of-the-art soccer stadiums in one city. It's unusual. It is. Uh, I've, I've followed along with the debate and the, uh, the commentary online of what people think about it. And I think that most people come down where I feel you should, which is, hey, this is great. You know, who really gives a shit? Yeah. What the name of it, it is. is. Here's the thing. People did the same thing when they called it the Yum Center. They're like, the what center? Yep. And now nobody thinks twice. And that. now nobody says a word about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yum Center. Uh, it's a, uh, <laughs> to me, the big story about it is what an incredible family of benefactors oh People who love the game, love this town, and uh, have the money to demonstrate it and are using it to demonstrate that. They don't need another stadium. No. Uh, They are doing this because they want to be a part of it, because they believe in what we're building here, and uh, they want to have their name attached to it. This isn't Vision Work Stadium. This is Dr. This is Lynn Family Family Stadium. Stadium. Uh, This is not not a corporate grab. He's not getting any extra business out of this. No. Uh, he is just proud to be a partner with Louisville City and uh, the Lynn family as a whole. I like that it has family in it. We're the purple family. And uh, I think that long term, this is a great partnership. It's a good, I'm not allowed to talk about parameters of the right. deal, right. but it's a really good deal for Louisville City. Well, like 50 bucks? It, it, we're getting like 50 bucks a week. Oh, we! <laughs> 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 You guys just stumbled ass backwards oh into God. Andy and I's longest running oldest <laughs> inside joke. Inside jokes, which is makes for great podcasting. Um, no, it's a it's a great it's a good deal for the club. Uh, it means a lot in terms of financial stability of the club mm-hmm. for the short term and the long term. Uh, Brad Gordon, who is the salesperson who's been working with the Lynn family for a long time, did a great job. The Lynn family was. Uh, unbelievably generous, but also shrewd. Because I mean, they're still smart business people, right? Absolutely. And so, uh, it's a good deal for everybody involved, and uh, it's going to help make this team special for a long time. And I think that uh, you'll come to whatever we end up calling the place, because yes, its name is Lynn Family Stadium. It'll always be Lynn Family Stadium, or at least for ten years. And uh, we've got uh, we've got Lynn Family Stadium coming to us. Yeah. Okay. I'm wondering if I'm going to have to cut that part out. I think I am going to have to cut that part out. I'm not sure if we announced that it was 10 years or not. I don't know. That's for you to decide. Yeah, well, we may. you may be getting a strange jump cut right now, and that's because I revealed some of those details that I was not allowed to reveal. i got to go back and read the it's press okay. release to see if we talked about it. Um, now I'm flustered. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it's a great deal. It's important for the team, and it yeah. means... It means a little extra security in terms of 
the ownership group being able to continue to put their money to where it needs to go, which is into the team and into making yeah. the stadium experience awesome. So I'm thrilled. Uh, I think that we could end up calling it any number of things. You could end up calling it the Lynn, uh, you know, Butchertown Lynn. Uh, Lynn. I think Butchertown Lynn is a good... Lynn Fam. You know, the LFS. Who knows what we'll end up really calling it. Uh, I've used the example before of uh, Indianapolis where nobody bothers calling Lucas Oil Lucas Stadium Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil, Oil yeah. Stadium. You call it the drum or you call it, you know, the oil drum or you know, LOS. Like, they call it a lot yeah. of things, but almost nobody says the whole name of the stadium when they're referring to it. Uh, you never know what people will call it, but I can promise that uh, on all official documentation and signage, it'll be Lynn Family Stadium. Rachel Reganauer designed what I think is a really cool logo for it. Mm-hmm. The logo uh, goes along with uh, the the light stanchions that are coming out above yeah. the thing, so it uh, it mimics those. Yeah. Those things have lights on them now, which is exciting. That's, that's, that's been attached to it. We're super close to really awesome stuff with the stadium. Where I, I, I still tell people who ask me who talk about the stadium, I'm like you know, I've been in there. <laughs> When's the last time you were there? Last time I was there was when we did the the joint podcast. I'm gonna have to find a way to get you back into oh, that place because man, there's cool stuff going on. Oh, in there. please, there's do. cool stuff going on in there. Um, if you have the means to get someone to take you on a tour, I recommend it because it's. It's pretty cool. Um, I'm expecting that we're going to start doing some season ticket uh, founding member in particular tours uh, not that long from now. Um, but I've thought that for a while and there have been delays, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get uh, it built. It's fine. Turf going to go down in the next couple of weeks. Oh my God. That's what's going to make field. it. That's what's going to. That's one of those things that makes it not that it's not real, but that makes it like yeah. cold, man. Yeah. When you see the turf go down. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. It's gonna be neat. Um, and we're in meetings right now all the time where we're talking about ways that we can make the fan experience awesome. And uh, some of the ideas are outlandish. Oh yeah. And I love it. Where yeah. it's like, what if we had a permanent blimp? And you could ride up in the blimp. I mean, that's not one of the ideas. I'm just saying that some of the ideas are completely stupid. But that I love that the people in the office are thinking big. That the marketing agency that we work with is thinking big. That uh, there are fun ideas floating around. And maybe you can't do 99% of them, but the 1% of them that we do do will be be ridiculous. So uh, get excited if you're not. And get your tickets if you can't. So got on today, bud. Got yours today. Got today. Are you in the uh, waterfront supporter zone? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. In the waterfront supporter zone. So, there has been some pushback, and this is my response, my official response. Uh, this is, I'll even call it, yeah, it's an official response to uh, the question that was asked to the front office and to Brad and to myself via Scouse's house on social media. Yep. Um, about seating in the Scouse's house. Mm-hmm. About the idea that, hey, this is a family zone, and you know we, we pride ourselves on being a family supporters group, and uh, some of the people with families want somewhere to sit. Yeah. The best supporter zones in the world are standing room only, freestanding, free safe standing sections. Yeah. We expect that if you want to be in and stand in a supporter section that your intention is to stand and be crazy. Uh, 
accommodations can be made for people who are incapable of standing. Mm -hmm. But if you are capable of standing and choose to, we expect you to be in there and doing that. Uh, that's that's just a normal expectation for a fan group, our supporters group. Um, there will not be seats in the area. It is a safe standing area. With that being said, we are exploring many different options. Uh, we haven't ruled in or out, but we are exploring many different options for seating around the supporter zones and around the concourse. Yeah. So what form that takes, I don't know. Uh, it could end up being benches. It could end up being picnic tables. It could end up being uh, like freestanding uh, tables that you can lean on. Like there, We're exploring options. Uh, there will almost certainly be seating areas around the playground mm -hmm. and the futsal court yeah. where most of your kids are going to want to be anyway. Yeah. And so there will probably be a place for you to be sitting while you're watching those guys. Uh, we're exploring a lot of different options when all of that comes to that. That's that's sort of the final details kind of things where, uh, you know, it could be sponsored. So we got to work with sponsors about it. There are a lot of options and yeah. possibilities. I expect that there will be some forms of seating somewhere in the area. But if you, I understand wanting to belong to a supporters group and be a supporter, but if you want to do that, you got to be willing to do it. Um, you can belong to the Coopers or to Scouse's house and not sit in their section. And we have many, many lovely seats in this stadium. Yeah. I encourage you, if you feel like having a seat is required, <clears throat> to get a seat. And uh, we are exploring. There are no guarantees on this. This is early stages, early days. Uh, we're exploring being able to have some sort of supporter zone pass that if you have seats that you could theoretically uh, be able to have access to the supporter zone. So say you have seats, but you're also a member of one of the supporters groups, yeah. that you could maybe be able to have, like, you, they, you've got a pass, and you can get past security to go stand in it for a half hour and then go back. The problem we run into there is we're going to have a lot of sellouts. Yeah. If we sell out all the standing room space in Scouse's house, and we've also got 40 people for Scouse's house that are wanting to come over and stand in Scouse's house but also have their seats. Yeah. Suddenly it doesn't look like a sellout because there are 40 empty seats and there are too many people trying to get into Scouse's house. Yeah. So there are logistical concerns about this. We're, wor we're working on a way to be able to try to make it happen. But uh, And so like I say, it's early days on that. We don't have a plan. We don't have a, a final decision made about it. We want to accommodate everybody that we possibly can, but in the end, it's supporters groups and You're, yeah. I don't I, call me crazy, and I and like I understand, but you know we've been standing against that rail for four seasons, four and a half. Yeah. How is it different? And this is me. This might be me venting a little bit of frustration, but it's to be fair though, we have the picnic tables in Scouse's house that people sit at. It's true. That's true. But I don't know. I just, I just, I don't have, personally, I don't have, my wife doesn't have a problem standing. I don't have a problem standing. We have a kid, you know, we'll, and we'll have a kid when the 2020 season starts. Absolutely. And we will deal with it then. But the general idea is that if you want to be in we one are of the supporter supporters zones, group, if you want to be in one of the supporter zones, the expectation is that you uh, either are standing or are incapable of standing and therefore need some sort of accommodation. Not that you just are a person who wants to have a seat. I actually have a plan for it. Okay. Yeah. So, the way that I've seen it, uh, it's tiered, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And each tier has a bar. Yes, a right? rail. Yeah. I'm going to... 
I'm going to do the lean back on the rail behind me. Okay. That's it. I don't know exactly what that'll look like in terms of people's legs, like, coming through. I'll lean on their legs. Okay. I know these people. It's fine. All right. Now, I hear where you're coming from. There Scouts will lean on your legs for a while, bud. Well, and I'm imagining, and I could be wrong about this, I'm imagining that in the supporter zones, both in the Cooper's section and in the Scouts' asses section, that during halftime and in pregame, that you'll see a lot of people sitting on the ledge. Yeah. Like, like with the bar over, the, like the rail over their heads. Yeah. That you'll see people sort of sitting there, hanging out, waiting. Yeah. Uh, that's my expectation. Maybe that's in, unfeasible for some reason that I'm not foreseeing, but uh, that's my expectation, is that you're going to see people sit down. Especially the first year when it's still pretty clean. <laughs> yeah. Now, by like year eight, it may have, uh, you know, so much ground in beer and nacho cheese and, uh, you know, sweat and rain and, Gross you know, stuff. disgusting oils and whatever yeah. that you don't want to sit there anymore. And you'll start seeing people bring in, like, seat backs yeah. to sit, like, on the thing. Maybe. Uh, but my expectation is that in the first year, there will be a lot of people in the down times go ahead and having a seat. Uh, even though there aren't seats, but just sitting down. So... Uh, I don't know. I'm sympathetic to the idea that you want a chair. I am, but we have a lot of really nice chairs. Yeah. Go and get one of those. That's my thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are exploring ways for you to be able to sit. We don't have a for sure answer. The expectation is standing. And that was what was requested. Like, I was in those meetings where I was in the Scouse's House annual meeting where we said, we've been asked for opinions about the new stadium. What do we want? We want safe standing. And then I was in the other meeting where we met with the front office before I was a part of it. And uh, both the Coopers and Scouse's House said, we want safe standing. And then they went out and got us safe standing. And now there are, you know, people who don't love it. It's always going to be like that. And it will. It will. So, exciting times. And I'm glad you got your seats. Or your spaces, yeah. your tickets. Uh, got my tickets. I don't care. It's exciting. Sell out. I'll, did I'll, you? I'll get in there. Personal question. Yeah. Did you do the payment plan or did you do all in one go? The payment plan. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's smart. It is a smart movie. Yeah, yeah. it's absolutely smart. It's like not even that much of a payment plan. <laughs> no, it's uh, like eleven payments, something along those something lines. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It comes out to for a ticket, I think like forty bucks, yeah. something like that. So yeah, it's not. That's not. It's uh, not much for what you're getting. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of... I talked to... Personally, I talked to several of the Scouse's House faithful, some of my very good friends and the people that I knew were going to be getting seats or would, were, would be wanting seats. Uh, talked to them about, you know, hey, do you need a sales guide? Do you want me to get one of them for mm-hmm. you? Uh, if you have had your time frame come up mm-hmm. and you have not yet bought, your time frame remains up. You can call in at any okay. time. Uh, you can go on to the online portal at any time. If your time frame has not yet come up, you know, hang in there. It's coming. It'll get. It will get to you. It'll get to you. Yeah. A lot of good seats left. A lot of good seats and a lot of good uh, standing room only. So yeah. it's it's exciting freaking stuff. I think that's everything I've got. That's, that's yeah. You got anything going on with you? <laughs> no, the way you asked it. What's wrong with you, bud? <laughs> anything, anything special? What's wrong with you, bud? Anything special? No, that's it. Uh, you are not far from a wedding anniversary, I think. No, we're not. Yeah, it's like basically a month away. September 9th. Okay. okay. Yeah. For some reason in my head, I was thinking sooner than that. No. I think we're on the wed- the anniversary of your bachelor party, which was 
Good times. Yeah. August 12th, I think, was the Cincinnati oh, game. God. So that was good stuff. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else specific hey, man. to... Happy birthday. Hey, dude, happy birthday. Thanks, man. So those of you who don't know, Andy and I share a birthday. We do. And it just occurred, and it was a very happy one for me, and also, I hope, one for you. It was a good one. It was one of, like, three that we haven't spent yeah, together... it was weird. ...in uh, 18-ish years. Yeah. That's nuts. Um, also, happy anniversary to Hack, who uh, revealed to us that his uh, wedding anniversary is the same as our birthday. Oh, yeah. So, happy wedding happy anniversary, anniversary to Hack. Hack. Happy birthday to Ben Williams, also birthday his ben birthday. Williams? It's just, you know, it's a, a happy a lot time. of stuff, it's yeah. It's a happy August 3rd. August 3rd's the good stuff. It is. Uh, all right, everybody. I don't have anything else to, to really discuss. I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity of kicking off a winning streak. Let's, let's get a streak going oh, yeah. and uh, start zipping in. Andy? Sir. I can think of only one way to finish our first podcast back together. Yeah. And that is by saying, Go, Go City! city.